From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up from the August 19 Council meeting, the first member of the public to address a meeting weighs in on the Leichhardt Pool water temperature, third time lucky for the Studio City learning tool in Ipswich Libraries, Council takes the pulse of its workforce, and what's behind this exchange between Mayor Teresa Harding and Councillor Paul Tully? So you, are you saying you're proposing that that in the workshop we discuss having local offices not in the library and go back to having electoral no. offices? Is no. that what you're saying? No. no, but if I have a second or if I have a second or I can just expand on what I've said. It's Friday, August 20, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Ipswich City Council held its regular monthly meeting on August 19. Those wishing to view it live were disappointed because of a technical glitch. However, the meeting was recorded and is now available to watch on YouTube. Shortly after the meeting, I caught up with Mayor Teresa Harding. Mayor Harding, thanks for talking with Ipswich today. Oh, thank you for having me on. August's meeting began with a condolence motion for a very well-known Ipswich Meals Mm. on Wheels identity. Yes, Jane White is known to to many, um, with thousands in our city, and she she passed away on the 4th of August after a very short illness. And she'd served as the Meals on Wheels coordinator for 36 years. So she's certainly made a difference to so many people's lives. It, it wasn't just about uh, a meal. It was about the company and, and just the, the enthusiasm that she brought to that role that really um, enthused the entire organisation. Council had its first public participant in the shape of Ken Alderton from One Mile. He was talking about the Leichhardt Pool. What were his concerns? Ken's concerns were that the opening hours of the Leichhardt Pool aren't the same as other pools. So they're shorter. And also the temperatures uh, usually sit around that 28, 29 degrees, when a few years ago they used to be around that 30, 32 degrees. Now, it is standard with other pools, but he's asked us to look at that. So um, it was really great. Um, many people know that Ken is a, was a prolific letters to the editor writer, I think, when the QT was printed, um, and he's a, a regular visitor to the council. So he was quite concerned. He wrote off to council back on the, the 2nd of August with his concerns. He, he didn't like the response he got from council. He approached his councillors and, um, and and put in a public participation in today and he spoke for about 10 minutes about the topic. It was very well researched and uh, so we'll certainly take on board what, he, what he's, um, he's told us and we've actually asked the organisation to come back to us in November with a full report on the 10-year on history of uh, the temperatures, uh, the opening hours, um, what's in our contract um, and, 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 and any other relevant matters. Another item which has come before council again, uh, this, mm. this is coming to the full council this time after being at committee, is the library's lease of a program called Studio City. Firstly, what is Studio City? Look, it's an on-demand online t- tutoring service. So you just have to be a member of the, uh, the Ipswich Libraries and you can um, actually have that online one-on-one tutoring um, with someone. So the basically the people we're using at the moment are primary school and high school students and that's been quite helpful for the people um, that are there. But I guess the reason why it has come to council quite a few times is that the use of it has dropped off quite a lot. And in the last year, uh, I think about only 26 
students used it and it cost $24,000. So we're just trying to make sure people work very hard to pay their rates and just be very cognizant of how uh, that money is spent. So we've agreed to um, allow that extension just for an extra year. Originally it was asked for three years and we'll see if uh, council can boost that participation. That way it's costless per user but also just to help students who are struggling and and that has been happening during COVID. That sounds like a common sense outcome just to renew for a year and if the numbers can't get up well then it's probably uh, goodbye Studio City. I guess we'll look at what happened in 12 months time. (laughs) Another item on the agenda is the uh, organisational performance presented by the CEO. What does this tell councillors? Um, We instituted this um, earlier this year and we felt it was very important that councils acting more like a board and being more strategic that the CEO should always report how is the organisation tracking in the last 12 months and and it's her opportunity as well to highlight things that allow her to judge her duty as well. So it's been really good. It's quite a good summary for anyone who likes to see what council's up to and so this month's report uh, looked at at Spark, it looked at the opening of uh, One Nicholas Street and the Children's Library and as well as looking at the you know the performance report and our budget and, and how things how the city's coping with with COVID. In addition to that, there's a report uh, about people and culture. Now that's contained in a Queensland government quarterly report. So let's go to that report. Why yes, is council yes. doing a quarterly report back to the Queensland government? Look, you know, we only came out of administration, you know, uh, less than 18 months ago. So, you know, the state government who, you know, who who, who do vote, I'll say um, the local government gives council their, their power. So we are uh, an instrument of state government and they want to make sure that post-administration, that, that council is, is, I guess, running well and certainly incorporating um, proper governance mechanisms and making sure that the organisation is doing what it's supposed to do, not doing what it what, what used to happen, I guess. So um, I'm really pleased that the um, the advisor that was here was here for 12 months and and um, that was not extended. And the director general of the Department of Local Government has requested that we just give him a fortnight report on how the organisation is going, especially a lot of those change management programs to change the uh, a lot of the governance mechanisms that just weren't in place until the administrator arrived. Well, tucked within that report, as I mentioned, is a report on people and culture, which is the uh, mm. flash name for talking about the staff, and it has yep. a sentiment survey contained in that. So council staff is surveyed on a regular basis. W- mm. What are the surveys telling you now? Look, I think it's really great. Um, we've done, I think, six pulse surveys over the time, and we've had, I think, about 3,500 responses. So the, the, the latest ones do centre around leadership. The, the staff do want to see that they're... Um, council organisational leadership, the CEO and the general managers and, and their and their you know direct supervisors are, are capable, are visible, and acting in the best interest of council. Um, also, there's discussions about resourcing and making sure that you know, people can do their job. They want, want to make sure that they have the adequate resources and, and staff to do the job as well. The local government association of Queensland holds an annual conference with the. Uh, councils all over the state and each council gets an opportunity to put up some motions for possible change at a state government level and an old chestnut for Ipswich has been around school infrastructure, lack of car parking, new schools and regional infrastructure. When a new school is is put in place, uh, the state government uh, will sort of mandate it, and the council need to then pay for all the like the, the road, the access, and all that sort of stuff around it. There's no money, and that usually costs us millions of dollars. So we we feel as though it's it's a fairer way if the state also contribute to that. So one of our motions is making sure that the state government and specifically the Department of Education um, can't have an agreement between us 
uh, to making sure that uh, we do have um, a proper infrastructure around the schools and a proper maintenance infrastructure agreement as well. And we also put up um, a third motion um, looking at the fact that the current uh, South East Queensland Region Plan, which was signed off in 2017, uh, where Ipswich agreed to take in 30% of the growth in South East Queensland, but we're not getting that corresponding infrastructure funding in state or federal budgets. So we need to have um, those discussions with the state and federal governments to make sure that it's, we need a fair go. We have, you know, we are taking a lot of growth, but we also need uh, transport infrastructure, school, health, and other services as well. New councillor office space in the libraries at Springfield Central, Red Bank Plains, and Rosewood was on the council agenda again this month. What's been resolved going forward? Look, there was an amendment to the recommendation. So there's there's a keenness for, for all of us to be able to spend more time with, with residents in the community and that's why we are looking at um, you know, having uh, a, a presence in local libraries. Um, Councillor Tully asked for a recommendation to look outside libraries and looking at other spaces as well and that was, I guess, debated quite heavily. From the meeting, here's Councillor Paul Tully explaining his position. Yeah. No, what I'm what I'm suggesting is that we're having a, a general workshop in relation to this um, um, uh, the the motion. This is this is not to amend the other motion in any way. It's just to have a general workshop, and the way that the um, proposed motion today is worded, it would restrict um, a, a wider discussion at that workshop not necessarily of, um, of uh, four or eight electorate offices, but just whether or not local office space um, um, would be um, best positioned um, at, for example, a library. I understand, for example, there might be limited space, particularly at the Red Bank Plains Library. So is there some other solution still consistent with the motion that went through Council at the last meeting? It's not to open up or broaden um, or, or substantially change the intent of the previous motion. It's simply to um, enable that workshop just to have a, um, a slightly widened expansion and consideration of the overall issue. While this explanation from Councillor Tully sounds plausible, Mayor Harding went on to detail what was resolved at the meeting. And it was decided that we would only look at our facilities that Council currently you know, own and manage as well. So the whole intent behind this uh, motion is to make sure that people, that councils can spend more time with residents or residents can spend more time with their councils, they're more accessible, but it also has to be at minimal cost and minimal impact to the organisation. Back in June, council decided to start making changes to the way rubbish is collected from households. What's the latest on the Food Organics Green Organics trial? Look, a lucky 1,000 people in Ipswich. So there's about 500 residents in Raceview and 500 in Belbert Park and, and all have been contacted. Uh, but they're going to get a free green bin and as part of this trial, uh, we want to reduce the amount of landfill. So since 2018, uh, the Chinese government, and I'm just talking outside of Ipswich now, but basically uh, China decided not to take any more recyclables from Australia. And so it meant that the, the federal government and the state government have asked councils who look after waste to um, reduce landfill. And there are certain targets on us. So we know that in our normally red top bin, that about 30 to 50% of what's in our red top bin is actually food organic or garden organic. So what we're doing now is we're going to give a, a free green bin that's going to be picked up weekly so that people can put their uh, grass clippings, their garden stuff, their, their food scraps in that. That's picked up every week. That's the smelly stuff. Um, but their red top bin, which will have the non-smelly stuff, will only be picked up fortnightly. So we're trying that for 12 months with those 1,000 residents. 
and it's really important to get that honest feedback from them to see what worked and what uh, has worked and doesn't and does work. Um, recently, the New South Wales government um, mandated that all councils must do this by 2030, and certainly ourselves, Townsville, um, Lockyer Valley, and Rockhampton will be the first four councils in Queensland that they'll be trialling these type of FOGO trials. I guess it's fair to say that people don't like change, Mayor Harding, uh, but the writing is really on the wall. If you look overseas as well, apparently this is quite common in Europe. Um, look, obviously any change is going to get people saying no, but the, the overall response um, in the surveys from those 1,000 uh, residents has been so positive, which is, uh, I was quite surprised because it is a big change, but I think people are willing to give it a go. They know that change has to happen and the cost of disposing of waste is getting higher and higher. So if we can find a more cost-effective way and also it's something better for our environment, I think people are really open to the idea. The August meeting of council wrapped up with a notice of motion mm. from Councillor Sheila Island, clearly not happy with the current setup with two councillors per division or the number of divisions. Um, at the end of the meeting, councillors can put forward a notice of motion that will be discussed at the next meeting. So this motion wasn't uh, discussed, but Council Island had asked for council to look at the boundaries. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, as part of the, the boundary changes when they did come in, in 2019 is that council already has an obligation in 2022, so next year, to do some community consultation on the boundaries. So there's already a review that's going to be happening. So we'll just see if um, the notice of motion proceeds or not. Um, but I think that is something that we're, we're just trying to work out the best way. And we've discussed this at previous council meetings that in 2016, at that election, there were 10 divisions and each councillor uh, represented about 19,000 residents. We now have four divisions and there's about 57,000 residents in each one of those now with the population growth. Um, so I know there's two councillors that most community groups do expect both councils to, to attend or businesses or when you're seeing residents. So basically the councils are now looking at, looking at about three times the number of residents and they um, have also a lot less resources uh, and a lot less staff to support them. So they're working very hard and I think we're just looking at how we respond uh, and service um, and provide a really good service to our residents. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. And finally, Mayor Harding, there's been a lot in the news recently about council's court battles with three waste companies and the amount of money, time and effort it is costing in the planning and environment court. The amount of money that the rate pays of it to spend on this is, is um, eye-watering. Um, you know, it's cost over $6.6 million and, and once we get all the, all the final bills, it may go up to $8 million. Basically, we're just asking waste operators to do to work within the perimeters that they've been legally assigned some time ago. They wish to expand that and put more landfill uh, and more smells out in, into um, into our city. Uh, I think it's really tragic that we've had to, to go to battle, but they um, do want to continue to expand. One of the things in the planning environment court that's come through is that um, no matter who wins, you can't get costs. So the people of Ipswich will never get that money back. And it's a real pity um, that this is happening. But the people of Ipswich have spoken um, loudly. Um, they don't want the expanded landfill. They certainly don't like the smells. And um, it's been a really complex court case. The, the magistrate said it's the most complex case that's ever gone before the Queensland Planning Environment Court. And we don't expect to hear a judgment until next year. So um, obviously we're hoping that um, the, the law will do the right thing and, and uphold what the rest of Ipswich would like to happen. Mayor Teresa Harding, thanks again for speaking with Ipswich today. Thank you so much for your time and thank you, listeners.
And a reminder, you'll find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.